everybody, and welcome to the third episode of the Craig Bandicoot Show. I am Craig, as you may have guessed. Uh, we're going to be talking about travel and video games, because that's what we do around here in these parts. So, uh, last week we had Josh. Um, thank you once again for being on the show and talking some Sonic with me. There will be less Sonic talk this week by virtue of him not being here and me not playing Sonic this week. Um, so... As you can see from the background, if you're watching the video version, I am no longer in the shed hut. We have moved. We've moved from Barn... Bar, I was going to say Barney, but that's not right. We have moved in Bali. We are now in Kuta after moving from Ubud. But I will talk a little bit about that in a minute. So, Craig Bandicoot on all the Twitters, the Instagrams and the YouTube. It's all there. Give it a like, follow, all that business. High numbers means good times. And I can keep doing this for a bit longer. Um, so Craig Bandicoot everywhere. And if you want to also send me an email, craigbandicoot at gmail.com. I might read it one day. Who knows in this crazy life. So if you haven't listened before, I am traveling. And I'm currently in Bali, Asia. And I'm traveling all over the world, and we will, well, we'll see where it gets, where it goes to. But I also enjoy playing some video games as well. So I get to see the sights, the seas, the sounds, while also trying to live out that dream of playing video games. And, you know, half of this will be travel, half of this will be video games. Last week it was all video games because I had my good pal Josh on. And we added something to the... Sorry, I just heard some machinery happen outside. That's very distracting. So last week I had my pal Josh on, as I've mentioned multiple times now. And we had our first induction to the Craig Bandicoot Video Game Hall of Fame. He chose... Well, we, together we chose Sonic Generations. The theme for him being Sonic Games. So... We whittled it down from 2D and 3D and decided that Sonic Generations was the best. Once again, congratulations to Sonic Generations. You are probably, and will be for a long time, the best Sonic game. Which isn't saying much because it's basically the best bits of all the games put into one. But I digress. So as I mentioned, I am now in a different location. I'm no longer in the shed. I am in an actual hotel, really. Um, so... What happened is that we spent, I think it was 12 days in Ubud. For those of you who don't know, Ubud is a very rural location. It's it's literally in the middle of nowhere. Rice fields, wherever you look, wherever you go. Um, you know the typical corner shop news agents that you get at um, back in England, back at home. They don't exist really around there you can go to a few dodgy garages where they have questionable looking water and questionable looking coca-cola cans but aside from that there isn't anything really as far as the eye can see um you'd have to have a good old time just getting there so what we found was is that me and my partner was getting quite ill and the last thing you want to do is be ill and in a shed and there was multiple things that happened for us to move. So the the vacancy, for instance, on the website, when you go to book at this resort, they said the occasional ant here and there. We were finding there was ants just everywhere. We couldn't stop them from just being... You'd wake up, there'd be some on the bed, so you'd think that would be the point where you're just like, well, this is actually a bit questionable. But we had become so nulled to them at that point that that was probably the least of our worries. They get on the bed and they just sweep them off. We we found they were everywhere for like the kitchen, the door, the bathroom. Because where we were, it was the, the bedroom. The, the bedroom was the shed part. Outside was the bathroom, and then downstairs was the kitchen. 
So the problems that we were finding as well is that uh, me and my partner don't really have a lot of patience for cooking. There was no hot water, so what you would need to do is to cook the food. Before you cook the food, you need to wash the dishes. You can't wash the dishes with the cold water because cold water isn't exactly clean. So you'd need to get the cold water, boil it, wash the dishes. Okay, now I need to get more water to boil for dinner. Rice, pasta, that's what we stuck to mostly. And then you would clean the dishes and then you'd find, oh, so we need to boil water again so that we can clean again. But then what's the point of cleaning? Because you put them in cupboards that are crawling with ants. So by the time that you come to eat again, you'd need to wash the dishes again anyway. And it was something like, you know, something like a 10 minute dish would take half hour to 40 minutes. That was a real, real big issue. And then as we, as I said at the top, nowhere to go. You can't just go and buy stuff. So when it came to eating, um, we had a takeaway or two and it would be cold. So, you know, first world problems sort of dealio, but when you're there for a specific purpose and you want some convenience to the time that you've had away, it's a problem because you can't, you can't have that convenience. And those problems with the ants and the food would be the number one and number two. And number three was illness. This may shock you to hear, but we both got quite ill. Um, hilariously, there's a thing called barley belly, which basically gives you, gives you sickness and diarrhea. Partner got it. She, yeah, she got it face, face on. She did not cope well with it. She was out of action for about two to three days. So when you start your journey across the world and the first thing you have is this two to three day illness is a bit of a problem because you can't do anything. And I am one of those people where it's like, don't worry, just rest, just keep resting. We will get through this. I got ill and um, hilarious, a hilarious, hilarious story is that I woke up in the middle of the night, probably around three o'clock, just sweating and I was definitely going to throw up. There was no other way around it. I, something was going to eject out of my body to the point where I was scared to move. I say to my partner, you're going to need to help me because if I move, I'm either going to shit myself or I'm going to throw up. When someone gives you that sort of ultimatum, you pretty much got to help, don't you? Because you you lay next to them in bed and you're just like, yeah, I should probably help because otherwise I'm going to be in the firing line. And yeah, she helped me get clothed. Uh, a 31-year-old man needing assistance. I didn't, nothing happened after that. I had really bad stomach cramps. I did a bit of retching. Um, this happens to everyone, folks. If you're of the more of a cringe dis uh, disposition, something like that. I, the way I look at it is like you can talk about poo and sickness because these are things that happen to everyone. They're medically things that happen. Some people don't like it, but it's nature. What can you do? So when I was fully dressed, I went outside in the pouring rain to our bathroom. Um, sort of matched my mood, really. And I was retching, nothing happened. I had stomach cramps to which nothing happened. And the next day I just was laying there miserable like I had real issues. So when you send someone out in the middle of a rice field to go and look for medicine, the only thing you can really find is paracetamol with caffeine, which it's not really gonna help any sort of sickness, is it really? So these issues we had just kept stacking and stacking. And um, we, we had exhausted the, the shops locally that we could go to. And we felt like whilst the resort we were staying at was quite nice, how it, it, was, it was limiting, probably better for a shorter stay. 
And in the 12 days we were there, we did see quite a few people come and go quite quickly. So we felt that our time had come to an end because of the illness, because of the, the constant bugs, because of the just uh, uh, leaking, leaking uh, wood panels and just for I just thought I'd be nosy at the end of it and I l climbed onto a bench that was in the room looked up on top of our mosquito net and there was definitely various amounts of bug poo so even if we had had stayed there I don't think our immune system would have enjoyed it because of the cleanliness that we had in that room so we made a decision to come to Kuta, which is close to the airport, which is a good thing because it was a two hour journey from the airport to Ubud. And if you recall me in the first episode, I believe I told of our two and a half day travel. It was close to three, really, because of the delays in the airport. And the last thing I wanted to do on that two hour car journey was just sleep and just not be awoken for at least a day. So now that we're in Kuta, we have found a bit more of our bearings. We are in more of a classic hotel style. Just like the other resort, there is a pool. Um, but there is just more things around us. So the other place, if we wanted to go in anywhere, we would have had to adhere to having a driver. So there was already an upfront charge for that. So if we wanted to do anything, we needed to think about money and how to get there and how much that would cost before the actual cost of what we were doing. Um, here, it is a busier, more touristy sort of place, but we are coping better because there is more around, there is more to do, there's beaches, there are you know touristy things to have a look at, water parks, a litany of restaurants everywhere um, so just from that sort of perspective we are getting the food in a warmer state so that means there's probably less germs in there instead of getting the ice-cold food that we were getting at the old hut so yeah after 12 days we left Ubud and we came to Kuta and here we are in Kuta uh, we've done a few things in Kuta already. We have taken a stroll through the beaches, um, which some very nice beaches, um, some sad, disturbingly polluted beaches as well. Um, not just from the natural trees and wood and things, but there is a lot of plastic, a lot of plastic. You think there's plastic on those UK beaches? You should come to Bali because... It is quite sad to see, actually. Maybe that's just the hippie in me, but for that sort of thing, yeah, no. Sadly, not not the state of the world that I would like to live in. Um, it is a bit weird seeing all the branches and stuff, because obviously back in the UK, typically we don't have trees close to the beaches. Um, but there we go. So we've been to a variety of malls, there is some that are just heavily westernized, like H&M, uh, Burger King, and things like that. The biggest one we went to had Candylicious, which, uh, if you're not familiar, Candylicious is basically where you can get loads of different candy and or sweets if you are in the United Kingdom. And they import them from all over the place, so you can end up paying around five pounds six dollars for a bag of doritos or a really unique flavor of a lays um, we didn't buy the crisps slash chips we bought some pick and mix which eventually did come to 10 plus pounds <laughs> the way we justified it was that uh, a lot of the other stuff we were having was quite cheap so have a sweet treat once in a while why not <sighs> just gonna have a quick water break. A lot easier to get water over here as well. Um, in Ubud, we were constantly uh, irritating the staff to top up our water, but because
that was the only real way to get water. Um, so, yeah. Remember to stay hydrated, kids. It's a hot world out there, that's for sure. So, Candylicious uh, H&M that don't sell pajamas, um, something that I am lacking. Um, just imagine my pasty body, naked, sleeping. That's what I'm doing at the minute. So yeah, that's a, that's a that's a fun old time. We've done some uh, what I would say experiences that we could have done at home. Like we went to a pizza hut. Just the, the small differences in their menu is quite interesting. So things like um, selling rice and noodles when back at home it is pizza and pasta and that's it really. It was interesting to see. We we went to the cinema. We saw the new Ant-Man and the Wasp before it was released in England. Then we, you know, it just we went to the VIP and it cost £8 for both of us for the VIP section at the cinema, which is so alarming compared to the UK's um, cinema rates where it's about £12-£13 for one ticket. And you just think... Wow, wow, first off, wow, secondly, why? And we also got uh, snacks, which cost more than the cinema ticket itself, because it's still a cinema at the end of the day. But cinema tickets and treats, £20, that would be two tickets. And then the prices of Cineworld concessions in England, you, that would probably be £40 easily without any discount so yeah that was and they give you a blanket they're fully reclinable it's like a lazy boy and it was a good time um and that man and the wasp uh quantum mania i i really enjoyed it um funnily enough it was just big old dumb sci-fi um probably 97 percent of that film is probably done on a green screen it's ridiculous just the amount of computer-generated stuff that happens in that film. Uh, at one point, I don't think Paul Rudd's real. That's just me every day, though. I'm not too sure Paul Rudd exists in reality. Um, which leads me to, to, to say that second lowest-grossing uh, Rotten Tomato score for a Marvel film, that is. Um, Eternals is holding on strong to that worst Marvel film. Which, I, I don't know, I thought it had redeeming features. I enjoyed it. But apparently I'm in the minority. So, yeah. Um, we, we tried a variety of different restaurants whilst being in Kuta. We've been to... Um, there's a place called Johnny Tacos. Which, as the name probably says, it's taco place. They do good tacos. That's primarily what they do. First day we got here, we had them uh, that evening because we live just around the corner. Good, simple tacos. Good tacos. Thank you, Johnny Tacos. Johnny Tacos want to sponsor me. I'm happy with that because they do good stuff. A few days later, we went back for breakfast tacos, which was egg and cheese. Also good stuff. Good stuff, Johnny Tacos. We went to an Indian restaurant and the Indian restaurant it like but I know we're we're in Asia so this is to be expected but I was just blown away by the amount of dishes that were vegetarian friendly. It was I think an A3 big size sheet of Indian dishes just front to back just all different all different spices, all different sorts of styles. Back home, it's usually, can I have a vegetable korma or, you know, whatever meat speciality dishes you do, but just take the meat out and put in some sad looking veg. Here, just so many different, like uh, chickpea or lentils or sag paneer, peas, vegetables, all these different dishes in just a variety of curry sauces and different spices as well to go with and it was it was mwah! the cheesy garlic bread uh, garlic bread it was cheesy garlic naan sorry uh, 
very, it was just, it was so good because they, they, what some people don't do, it, it sounds very simple when, when they explain it, but they have the garlic naan and then they put the cheese in on top and then throw it in the oven, which leads to this very strange oily consistency. What this place had done is they had put the garlic bread in the oven, then sprinkled quite strong, mature cheddar on top afterwards, which left the consistency to be a lot better, less oily and full of taste and texture. And it really made the cheddar just pop like a very good, very good stuff. That was called the Bollywood Masalas. If you're in, uh, if you're if you're here, that's where I would recommend going, because um, it's one of those places where I, oh, we ordered too much, um, and what we usually do is we have uh, one rice, two curries, share, then maybe a side each. We got we got starters, which were already filling. We had a main each. We had a rice each. We had the naan bread cocktail we went we went hard we went hard that day um but even though even though we did go hard um with the food 60 pounds 60 pounds for six cocktails uh two starters multiple mains you know just the way of living out here is quite cheap so it, you don't you don't feel bad when things cost a little bit extra um, we went to a different Mexican place yesterday and we had a share as nachos and two burritos to share between us and that came to £20, you know, and all of these things include the tax and uh, service charge. So when you have these sorts of things, you don't feel bad for, you know, because the tip and things like that are included on the bill. So Kuta so far has been quite nice. It's been a different sort of pace. Whilst you're you're feeling a bit on edge at the old place we had in Ubud here in Kuta, it, it does have a bit more relaxing vibe to it. And that's probably because we're not in a room where the mosquito net has various poos above your head. And also you don't have insects crawling all over you most of the time. If I get comments saying about like a insect repellent and the like we, we have that you spray yourself sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't there's no rhyme or reason you just hope that the one you've got is the good one um, and I believe we've got one called Sufel so since we've been using that I have had less bites however some locals say that the insects just get used to you and they don't like the taste of your blood anymore Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really, there is unexplained. It's hard to explain regardless. So with that, I think that, that now you are up to speed. We've had illness, we've had um, ants, we've moved location, uh, and we're, we're still ticking on. The only bad thing about this location is the Wi-Fi. Ho-hum, sad me, I know, but... You know, for what me and my partner are trying to make, we're trying to travel and create stuff and help, you know, grow things like that. And the internet is needed for that. So we we just do what we can and we've tried to make compromises and, you know, we're, I think we're, we're hitting more than missing, really. I'm sure she might think differently, but there you go. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll get back to talk about some video games. And we are back. Maybe I should uh, get a little video game Diddy going on. We'll, we'll see. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. Um, but in the meantime, let's just talk about some video games, shall we? Um, so... As I mentioned at the top of the show, I am traveling and playing video games. I could have brought a Xbox Series S out here with me because of the form factor. However, I opted to go for a Steam Deck. 
So whilst I am quite limited in that respect, I am actually really enjoying the portability and the ability to play, um, I would say, like modern, modern-ish games, like even current releases, like um, like I mentioned on the episode last time, Sackboy A Big Adventure, that's not exactly a powerhouse, but it does take some, you know, some horsepower. It is a PS5 game, really, so... Steam Deck being able to play some of those current games and then access older library is a definite thumbs up and whilst I might not play a lot of current games or most up-to-date games I still want to be part of that maybe purchase some games that appeal to me um, and I also have my switch which my girlfriend has been keeping warm that Metroid Prime remaster uh, it's got my head turning it really does have my head toning, and I, 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 I might be getting it soon. I, that's the way I look at it. I, it's one of my, one of the gaps in my gaming backlog, and I am using this time to help play current stuff, but also help deal with that backlog. So, more about that in a bit. So I, I played. I've played to completion since last episode actually, a game called Tinykin. So for those of you that don't know, Tinykin is a 3D platformer. There's usually with 3D platformers these days there is some sort of um, fighting mechanic. So Sackboy Big Adventure for instance is a 3D platformer uh, where you get from A to B however in between there is bits where you come across enemies that you have to fight in this tinykin you it's a 3d platformer but you are in a big 3d space and the 3d space you're in is a, a different part of a house so you can be in a kitchen you can be in a bedroom you can be in a lounge the levels are taking place like that and what you need to do is the stories that you need to help us uh, create this machine to help you know all the people here and yourself to be get out of this world. Um, you play and you you play it as a main character who is two D, and when you rotate the camera, they're always face on, and it's the same for all the enemies, well, enemy enemies, um, the folk within the different rooms. When you rotate the camera they're always face on in a 2d style very 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 good look um there's a few games that have done this um but this game just looks really good as it does it um even on low settings which i tried as well and and the antithesis of it is that you want to get the a certain item in each room being a 3D platformer in the Banjo-Kazooie vein. You can also um, collect other, there are so many collectibles, there's so many other things for you to do as well in these 3D spaces. What I, so it sets you up, so at the beginning of the level, your, your guide says, oh, maybe you speak to this guy, and then they'll let you know what you need to do. Usually it's speak to this guy, this guy tells you, I need this, and then you work your way backwards to try and figure out how to get those things. The way I played the game, however, because I like collecting things in these games because my brain's all dumb, I look at one corner of the room and I think, how can I get to that corner? And how can I collect everything in that corner? So I would go to one point in the room, look at there, okay, go up, yep, go around, there we go, pop, 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 pop. You get the... The creatures called Tinykin, and they have different moves. So one can help push things and collect things for you. One is explosion-based, and as you throw it, if it uh, lands on something that can ignite it, it will explode. There's one that helps build a ladder. There is another one which helps build a bridge. And as you go progress through these levels, the game is teaching you how you can interact with these different Tiny King creatures to basically get to the last level where you need to link all of these to try and finish at the end. The game itself is 
collect all of these you know these these corn pieces i suppose for I, they, they look like corn the game mentions something about nectar and honey and when you collect enough nectar you are able to upgrade your double jump glide so that's needed for some of the collectibles in some of the levels you jump you jump again then you have a long glide which some of your tiny king creatures can't really help with so the game is smart at allowing you to try and you know figure things out for yourself <coughs> I'm gonna have another bit of water stay hydrated what makes tinykin good is that it's very much a we'll drop you in this level you figure out what you need to do for yourself sometimes you can just be busting along the level so so much in the rhythm by yourself you accidentally complete tasks before you got them but the game designer has realized that some people might do that so there is dialogue there for you to you know oh I just need these bits and you've already got them oh that's good I'll take them off your hands so sometimes it is very it feels like oh i did it before the game told me to that's that that's a good old time yay me um it's got a good sense of humor good music good direction in that uh sense and it plays very responsive how you'd want a 3d platformer to respond and before you know it you would be whizzing around the area um, just after really the first main area you think that the walking uh, might be a bit slow but the main character can whiz around on a soap bar um, and it sounds a bit strange but it does feel very good once you you figure out how to do it um, so you can just glide everywhere pretty much and it's it's very responsive and you, you can slide you can grind and where every time you jump you do a little kickflip on a bar of soap it's, 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 it's nice to see it's nice to see um the only one time i did get frustrated in this game was um due to a tiny kin uh i say uh, error but just the way it works there are some points where you have bridges and you only have a limited number of the tiny kin creatures so you have um to build a bridge for one for, for other tiny kin to help carry an object so you build a bridge and then you need to build another bridge the game didn't really tell me in a way that my dumb brain could figure out that once you've done that one bridge you need to collapse it and make another bridge so you it, the way that it wasn't relayed as well is because the things that were being carried there was about three things so with that you would think you need to transfer all three things in one go but no you do it okay put that over there then take down the bridge build another bridge that thing goes up okay now i have to do that all over again it's a small small complaint i just felt very dumb bashing my head up against the wall for five minutes to realize oh you have to do it forget the way the game wants you to do it not the way you think it should be done um but aside from that everything everything was good um, as I mentioned the game has personality for instance you have to make a cake but because you're such a small creature um, talking to all these insects you're for instance throwing eggs into a bowl to make a cake and then just a whole bag of flour um, and then as the you know the machine the, the, the mixing machine to mix it all together and then it throws in an oven and then it comes out a perfectly good cake and you're just like that's some good humor right there i wish i could cook like that and it would look that good so those little creatures have one up on me sadly in regards to cooking so if you haven't played tinykin and you like 3d platformers it's it's a very good time um very 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 good it was released last year and i wish i would have played it sooner because it would have been in my top five i think it's got good humor good good bright color palette and that it just feels very responsive 
very what you want from a 3D platformer really. And the other thing that I have been playing, and I'm about it's maybe halfway through, I'm not too sure. Um, I've been playing a game called Half Life. Um, so, yeah, I've, for some reason in my, my in my life, I've I've missed Half Life. I was never a big PC guy. We always had consoles in my house, and I just never really had. I never really was interested in getting anything orange boxy, but I'm aware of the legacy and the sort of history that Half-Life has on video games. And I think it was the Steam Winter Sale came along and I, I was thought, well, I'm going on this long trip. I better, better get some games that I haven't played. And the Half-Life collection was one of them. I've played Portal 2. Um, which is a very very good game very very good cannot cannot describe how how good that game is I've played it multiple times and it's just an easy good puzzle game to go to the, the thing that makes Portal so good is just like that moment when it clicks you feel like a genius and you're never headbutting the wall too much you once it's just about to get a bit long in the tooth, that's when you figure it out and you feel like you're having a good time. However, Half-Life, it's an old PC game. As an old PC shooter game goes on, from the conversion to the Steam Deck, it's quite quite interesting actually. Um, I believe it has WASDA and the arrow keys, but they've been... Um, mapped on to the analog sticks there there is a, a the weird thing that took some getting used to was that um he, he's always sprinting and the way to slow that down was to click in the analog stick to walk but i think i've gotten used to always sprinting now and i think that's the way forward i think that's the way they mapped it to those controls on purpose um the graphics are they haven't aged as well as some other games may have, let's say. Um, however, it, on the Steam Deck especially, the, it doesn't run the fan at all. It's really, really strange. Um, for If you were to play that in portable with no, uh, no power, I suppose, you could run that game for a long time because it is not challenging the Steam Deck in the slightest. And it's just interesting to see how far um, shooters in particular have come from that sort of style of shooting game. Um, story itself, uh, I'm still... It's weird, the storytelling is quite basic compared to other video games. There are no cutscenes, really. And you're going off... But it, audio, just, just the audio, um, which sounds quite questionable at times. They had to compress things back in the day. I, I'm sure of it. But I'm, it's really strange. Cause it's basically shoot that, do that, repeat. Shoot that, do that, repeat. But I'm just the snappiness of it is really, really enjoyable to me. Especially on the Steam Deck. The, the checkpoints, the autosaves are... They, they could be a bit more uh, sporadic. But because of the way the PC game works, you can save whenever you want. So if you have a troublesome encounter, just save. There you go. On to the next bit. And with that sort of save at any time, load at any time, it is really, really good for the Steam Deck. Because, oh, I've finished now. I've done. Okay, on to the next bit. With the, with the, the story, I'm interested to see where it goes because I really don't know anything about how, how it works out or anything really about the Half-Life game but it is interesting to see and once I've finished it I will probably move on to Half-Life 2 and um, part 1 and part 2 we shall see if it, if it gets its claws into me so much thus far uh, but yeah, runs good on the Steam Deck I tried plugging in the Steam Deck to a TV and playing it with controller and it just went, nah, can't do that, can't do that, sorry, so, so, sorry, don't try that again. Why are you trying to stop it? Stop. Hey, hey. Half-Life. 
It's still good in the year 2023, apparently. Can you believe it? I can't. Another thing I can't believe is some video game news. Um, it seems to me that since um, the last episode, which I did record quite a while ago now, people are still talking about the Nintendo Direct, um, maybe because of that uh, Metroid Prime remaster has made it linger in everyone's minds a bit more. Uh, as we covered on last episode, that was pretty good Nintendo Direct. If you like Nintendo, you probably like that Direct. Um, I'm not too sure how I feel um, knowing that the Switch successor is probably probably not going to be for a while yet. Uh, we've got uh, you know uh, the Breath of the Wild two coming out, uh, Tears of the Kingdom. That's it. And th there's nothing to say really that they will slow down any production of the Switch, despite the fact that it's starting to sell a bit slower now. What I I'm interested in seeing is how long will Nintendo support it because the games are starting to show their rage now. There are, you know, some things are quite questionably running on it, and that extra bit of horsepower would do them so much better. But the problem they have is that they've sold so many consoles that that ecosystem is baked in now. That Metroid Prime remaster, just everyone bought it because everyone's got a Switch, you know. I didn't buy it. I'm a nobody. I'm sad. I, I, I should buy that. I should buy that. Ah. <sighs> oh. Anyway. Nintendo apparently are rumoured, like, it's not going to be this year and probably not next year from from what I've heard going around. Um, so we should be used to a few more Nintendo Directs. Um, at this point, do you... Do you stagger the Metroid Prime trilogy over, you know, like over the next year or so, and then lead to four, or do you just keep four back now for the next console? Um, it, it, we haven't got a Mario, um, Mario Odyssey two either. We haven't even got a new Mario Kart on this system. It's really it, you. What? What? I, I look forward to be proven wrong, and for Nintendo to show me the way that they Nintendo. Um, but yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a Pokemon guy, sadly. Sorry, sorry. Um, PSVR two, everyone's talking about it. Virtual reality, have you heard of it? It's gonna be the next big thing. At least it would have been. Um, I I I have a background in virtual reality. My final piece. And in digital media was virtual reality and the future. Um, whilst it might be a bit outdated now, um, it's still a it's still a topic I am quite interested in, really. Um, yeah, so PSVR two is out, and from what I've heard, it's a very very good headset. But when a headset costs more than the console we're plugging into. I would hope it is a very, very good headset. The issue that I have with the PSVR 2, apart from my PS5 is lonely somewhere, uh, gathering dust, is that I don't think the games are there for it. All the games that they have for the PSVR 2 are, for myself personally, not interesting or ports from somewhere else. The, the backwards compatibility with the original PlayStation VR. Whilst I get it, I understand the technology is very different. It just seems a bit of an issue that you can't have like the two the two big ones like Beat Saber or Super Hot when they are available on PC VR platforms which have the same controller headout. Uh, headout? Layout. I was thinking about putting the headset on your head. Superhot and uh, Beat Saber are two just banging games and they are not available for the PlayStation VR 2. Why? Why? Um, then you get to the point where will people buy them again? They probably will buy them again, but I feel like that's not the point. Um, like the Moss and Moss 2 VR, they were released and you got to think on that PlayStation VR platform that sold a lot they 
probably didn't get many sales. It, it almost feels at a point that Sony was just like, we have to, we have to release PSVR 2. <coughs> Sorry about that. Because, because, because no one else will do this, you know? This is, we, we sold so many copies. We are the big video game leader for this. So it's at our behest to do this. Um, they, they have their own, like Astrobot. Um, so the Astrobot game that released with the PS5. Um, they did an Astrobot game for the PSVR. So it's sort of like um, an unofficial PlayStation mascot. And it's nowhere to be seen. There's no Astrobot original ported up. There's no new Astrobot for the PlayStation VR. Um, they, they say they've got a Horizon Forbidden West VR coming out. That does look interesting, but there's just there's just no reason in my mind to see why you would purchase one right now. The games are not there. High price of entry and they've changed the tracking, so it's inside out tracking. Uh, the original PlayStation VR, you have the camera in front of the TV and it tracks the lights on the headset. Now, which seems to be just um, by default now, is inside out. So the cameras are on the headset and they track where you are in the room rather than you being tracked. The problem that PlayStation VR is, is that they're too good at tracking from what I've heard. Yes, you heard that right. They're too good at tracking. So if you have your own empty room, it won't it won't be as good as someone that has junk in their room because the cameras are trying to latch onto things to track. So sofa, drawers, you know, typical stuff you have in a living room. If you have them in there, you're probably gonna have a better time than if you just had a plain room specifically for VR because where's the wall, where's the ceiling? It doesn't know, and these are the things that it's trying to track. So, when when you think about price to entry, there are cheaper headsets just in general that are wireless, um, like the HTC. Is it the Vive? I think is the most current one. Um, of course, you've got the Facebook offering as well from the Oculus. What you what you think about though is price because the PSVR. 2 is only compatible with the PS5 so you need to buy a PS5 then you need to buy the headset good thing that the headset comes with the controllers that's probably why it's so pricey um, and then just to have other games that uh, you can get on the Facebook headset and then also um, you know the Steam VR that aren't there for PlayStation what, what are you doing? I, I would think Half-Life Alex. That got really good reviews nowhere to be seen you've got like i said at the top super hot and beat saber still nowhere to be seen and it's just it's just i don't i don't see that they obviously needed to release it at some point but you would have hoped that the software would be there um but you, you've seen that things sell the xbox series x and s Microsoft have not really released any yet. There's been Halo Infinite and recently Hi-Fi Rush. You don't see them really releasing big games at the minute and it will probably be the same for PSVR 2. So at some point Sony have to say, will this be another Vita or will we try to support this like the original VR? But then at some point they didn't even bother putting first party studios on their VR games and they just did third party and threw some money at them. So it's, it's really interesting for the VR space. I think if it was going to be really big taking off, it would have by now. I think it's just the inconvenience really. Um, no one wants to plug something on their face and be taking out of that, that zone. You know, for whatever reasons, people have kids, people have to be alert for one reason or another. And to just block off your peripheral vision and say, here, this is what you're going to focus on. People don't like that. And that's a big hurdle to get over. So 
we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But we can guarantee that uh, Labo VR probably and rightly didn't take off. And let's hope that PSVR 2 does a little bit better than that. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to call that a show. Um, thank you for listening. We've, we've done the travel. We've done the video games. We did not talk about Sonic, as I promised, apart from here, there, and everywhere. Um, but you've got to go fast sometimes, you know. You've got to go fast. So with that in mind, uh, Craig Bandicoot, as it's been scrolling on the ticker, if you're looking at the video version, if you're listening to the audio version, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Craig Bandicoot everywhere. That's that's my handle. That's what they call me. Just go on to somewhere, type it in, and it'll probably be there. I've tried Hive. I've tried. Twitter's getting worse and worse. Um, the two-factor thing. That that seems like a bad idea. Taking away two-factor and adding it behind a paywall. That. Mm, Hmm. 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 I, I, I tried out Hive. Um, yeah, seems to be doing a job. Not as many people. What can you expect? Um, when Twitter does die, it's going to be sand because there is lots of just good learning resources on there that will be gone to time. Um, but it seems like they got someone who's in charge that doesn't really know how it works so we will see how that pans out what will die first psvr2 or twitter that's a good question that's a good question to pose um until then it's been the craig bandicoot podcast i've been craig your host um craigbandicoot at gmail.com if you have any questions concerns you want to send me stuff i like free stuff why not maybe a bit harder than traveling the world didn't think that one through but we shall see um, till next time, everybody. Thank you for listening and goodbye.